This is an ABC podcast. Siren, whistle, premiership. They've gone back to back. Ivan Cleary, Nathan Cleary and the Penrith Panthers. When the NRL season kicks off this week, the Penrith Panthers will be the red-hot favourites to go back to back to back. They're probably going to dominate on the field, but who or what will dominate the headlines? Rugby league fans will tell you there's no better soap opera on earth than on the edge of the season. We want to know which storylines we can look forward to devouring. Coaches whose own players say they can't coach. Sleeping giants rising from a long slumber. Key playmakers in fraught contract negotiations tinged with greed. And succession plans out of an HBO series. Buckle up, it's rugby league time. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Emma Lawrence is part of Channel 9's NRL coverage. She's the kind of reporter who players and coaches open up to when they really shouldn't. She knows things. Emma, the Brisbane Broncos are as big as clubs come in the NRL. Kevin Walters is a club legend. He's also the head coach right now, and he's under pressure before a ball has been kicked in anger. Why are we going to be reading about Walters one way or another this year? Well, Stacky, I think one of the main reasons is the fact that his players, or one in particular in Selwyn Cobbo, has said that he can't coach. He's a good person, like a good bloke, but I don't think he's a good coach. Like He's not the best coach, but he's he's all right. Like he's, I feel like he's just a good person, yeah. I don't reckon he's a, he's a coach. I mean, it makes for an awkward year between Kevy and Selwyn Cobbo. It's a, a club with that's had great success over the years, the last few years not so, didn't make the eight. So Kevy naturally is under pressure because at the Broncos, they demand success. But at the same time, Kevy is a Broncos person. I don't think he's probably the one under the most pressure straight away. To be honest, I think it's Anthony Griffin from the Dragons. I think if they don't start well, he could potentially be the first coach that ends up gone. They've already had a number of issues over the offseason uh, with players getting arrested. They had a players fighting in Mudgee. Well, the Dragons are once again dealing with player disharmony following reports two players had to be separated following a night out after their heavy defeat in the charity shield. Most of the players didn't even turn up to their team presentation last year. So, look, I think there are far more issues brewing at the Dragons than at the Broncos right now. The Dragons are, in many ways, such a story club. And if we want to talk about story clubs who have found themselves wandering the wastelands of the National Rugby League, desperately seeking a return to the glory days, let's talk about the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs, or as <laughs> many are calling them, undercover Penrith. Are we seeing a spawning of a baby Panthers, or is this just going to be a poor imitation, Emma? Look, potentially, they've got... I guess what they have is Cameron Seraldo, the Bulldogs coach, was the former assistant at Penrith, and... Players just love him, and a lot of players will go there for him. Obviously, Matt Burton, a former Panther, was already there, but they've just signed Stephen Crichton, who will go there next year. Plus, Gus had ties, their general manager. He had ties at the Panthers for a long time. The big question is whether or not they will be able to make the eight, because so much hype around their new signings. Viliami kick out, Reid Marnie. There's a pickup by Marnie, and he's able to score after one of the Tigers players at an air swing. Might have been Brooks coming through, tried to kick it over the dead ball line, and Reid Marnie says thank you. They probably can't change it overnight. I think they'll make the eight, personally, and when I spoke to Josh Adokar, actually, at our Channel 9 promo shoots, he said, well, this is a premiership-winning side. He said, I can just feel it. It feels like what it did at Melbourne in my first couple of years, and he said Seraldo's a bit like Bellamy, which is a massive call, but 
they certainly believe, and I guess that's half the battle. You know, we've discovered, you know, our, our purpose and, and a few values of for our team, and um, and things. I think that's something that that's been missing for for a while. And now that we have clarity around that, um. There's, there's a lot of confidence and, and good vibe around around the joints. Look, I think I'll put them in the eight. I'm not going to say it's a dog's premiership just yet, though. Don't stop believing. That seems to be the message out of the dog's camp. Hey, personally, I love the HBO show Succession. You know, a bunch of power-hungry brats trying to stab each other to take <laughs> over the family business, only to have their dad repeatedly stab all of them to stay in power. So <laughs> succession planning in sport could be equally fraught, Emma. Why are the West's Tigers confident it will work out fine for them with the Tim Sheen's Benji Marshall model? Again, plenty of question marks on this one, Stacky, but I think they're confident because Tim Sheens and Benji, they've worked together in the past. Well, they've worked together for a long time. Benji obviously played most of his career at the West Tigers. And the thing is that Tim Sheens doesn't want to coach long-term. It's not as if you've got an assistant there lurking who you, you know wants to be the head coach and could potentially backstab you. Tim Sheens doesn't want that job long-term and he purely there is now to mentor Benji, which is something we don't really see. Usually it's always thinking who, who's there that could stab me in the back. And from all reports, everyone out of Concord is saying that Benji has what it takes. So technically he's very sound. He's got a great footy brain, but also has that other side, which is that man management and knows sort of when a player needs to kick out the butt or when he needs a cuddle, which is very much a Wayne Bennett quality. So I think Benji's being coached under Sheens, who's probably technically one of the better coaches, but Wayne Bennett, who's one of the best man managers in the game. So, look, I'm probably biased as a Tigers fan, but I think it will work well. At least I'm hoping it will, the succession plan. It won't be success overnight, but I think Benji will make a great head coach. Cameron Munster, will he stay or will he go now? Saga was the contract story of 2022. Who is it this season and why? I'm feeling Mitchell Moses. I'm feeling Joseph Suwali'i. Well, Mitchell Moses, I think we're just days away from an announcement on his future. Moses runs about the first, puts in a little dink kick. He'll get there, will he? Yes, he does. Puts it on the toe. Moses wins the race, scores the try. Brilliant Mitchell Moses. That's what this young boy can do when he's at his best. Looks like he will be staying at the Eels, most likely. He's essentially, the, the Tigers had offered him more money and it offered him an extra year. So he made his debut with the West Tigers. He's great mates with Luke Brooks, who would be his halves partner, but he wants to stay at Parramatta. It's just a matter of, can he push Parra for that extra year? I think he's prepared to take slightly less at the Eels from my understanding, but he does want that extra year. But I think that will be resolved very shortly. But in terms of uh, Joseph Swali'i... Crossfield kick, Suwali coming through against that car. Suwali gets there! Takes the catch, scores the try! Did he get it down? Did he keep control? Yes is the answer! Everyone will be swooping on him, and particularly Rugby Union. Uh, Eddie Jones had already come out and said... There are a number of NRL players on his hit list, including Swali'i, including Cam Murray, uh, rugby union players from their high school days. But again, I think Swali'i, the lure of the roosters and the way they look after players, he will stay there. And we hear lots of jokes about salary cap sombrero and the the roosters rorting the salary cap. But I do think genuinely players want to save the roosters and will take slight unders because they know they'll be at a successful club. And in the long term, they'll be better off. Craig Bellamy is the NRL version of death and taxes. He's ever-present, but he's given the clearest indication yet that this might be his final season. How do you think that that could impact the overall rugby league landscape? It's huge, isn't it? Because it's fair to say they've been the most dominant team over the last 
20 years. Craig Bellamy, it's funny, he's he said over the last couple of years, oh, I'll wait and see, I'll wait and see, but it's the first time he's almost admitted that he's finishing up. Pretty sure this is going to be me last year as a head coach, so, um, you know, I'll still be around the club a little bit in, in a part-time role, you know, at the end of this year, but um, nothing's really changed. I think he's even given, in interviews, he's given an indication when he was asked whether he still loves it. Oh yeah, like, like yeah, there's some parts of the game that you you really enjoy, and there's there's other parts you, know, you don't really enjoy, you know. But you know, I've been in it a, a long time, and um, it, it, I think I think it's just time. There was just that slight bit of hesitation. I think he knows. I think he knows he doesn't want to come out and admit it, but it's going to massively change the certainly the landscape for the Storm because players go to the Storm just like the Roosters because of the coach because of Craig Bellamy. And we see when they've lost players, they lost Cameron Smith, Billy Slater, Cooper Cronk, and they're still up there in the top four every year. But the difference is if they lose Craig Bellamy, will it still be the same? So it's it's hard to tell and no doubt they'll get, I'd say, an experienced coach as well. I don't think the Storm and, and the type of club they are, they'd be getting a rookie coach in there, but um, may certainly affect their ability to attract players in the future. Finally, Emma, the Penrith Panthers. It kind of feels like it's their world and we're just living in it. Are we looking at a almost certain three-peat from them? Look, I think they've got it in them for sure. I think one of the big question marks that a lot of the, the experts and the best minds in the game will say is their depth, no Apicoris out, no Viliami kick out. But, but once again, these players are used to winning. It's a long way from home. But in the grand final of 2022, Louis, it's game, set, Premiership. Penrith is going back to back. So they dominated going back to schoolboy footy, junior footy, where you have your Howard Matthews and SG Ball competitions. These boys, Penrith juniors, Jerome Lua, Nathan Cleary, they've basically won comps every year since they were 14. So they're used to winning. And I know it's not the same as the NRL, but it's almost that expectation out there that, that they win. And their junior nursery is incredible. So even though they are losing players, They've got the best junior nursery in New South Wales and probably in the competition. So, like, it's, it'd be silly to write them off. You'd put them in your grand final. I mean, Nathan Cleary is probably the best player in the competition and he's just going to get better and better. He's still only 25, so he's still got plenty of improvement in his game as well. So I think you'd be silly to write them off, Stacky. Emma Lawrence Rugby League is arguably the greatest soap opera in Australian sport. We're looking <laughs> forward to getting you know, right into it. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me. Before headlines, if you're thinking we forgot about the Dolphins, you're kind of right and you're kind of wrong. We looked at the NRL's newest team in full last week, breaking down the massive task facing supercoach Wayne Bennett and what's driving the seven-time premiership winner in taking up such a tough task. Link in the show notes. Headlines. The third test between Australia and India is underway. Fill-in skipper Steve Smith lost the toss and India has chosen to bat. Selection-wise, all-rounder Cam Green has replaced Matt Renshaw in the middle order, while Mitch Stark is in for Pat Cummins. Travis Head will continue to moonlight at the top of the order for the injured David Warner. And the tourists also keep their three-pronged spin attack. For live coverage from Clint Wilden and the team at Indoor, click the link in our show notes. Australian Formula One fans are holding their collective breath ahead of the season opener in Bahrain after last weekend's disappointing performance from Oscar Piastri and his team McLaren. The 21-year-old is replacing Daniel Ricciardo at the English-based team, but he and teammate Lando Norris have both had a tricky time in testing. We will see how they go in the season opener.
And how much do you think it would cost to buy Manchester United? The Premier League club is for sale, and the Glazer family, who own the team, are reportedly looking for as much as £5 billion. The two known bidders are understood to be offering about £4.5 billion. It really is another level of wealth out there, isn't it? I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. Thanks to Fox Sports and the back of the 135 podcast for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.